Hello, Carmen. How you doing? Hello, Jim. <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well. <laughs> Hello! Uh... <laughs> hey, yeah. No, no, doing pretty good, man. Good. Doing pretty good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, can't complain. Well, and complaining is, it's not of the Lord anyways. No, no, it's not. It's, it's really not a good thing. Even though we do it at times, and we we don't do it intensely. Many times it's just part of our part of our nature, you know. And in fact, I was, uh, uh, we were going someplace uh, here last week. And we got in some heavy traffic. It was really oh, bad. Really? And I said, I said, this is ridiculous. This and, is ridiculous. And Joan says to me, uh, are you complaining? <laughs> and I had to admit, I said, yes, I am. <laughs> so, uh, I'm and, right, I'm but right you know in what? the middle of it. It didn't do one bit of good. You know, yeah. it, it, the traffic didn't clear up because I was complaining or anything. So, uh, so God says, why are you complaining? <laughs> you know, well, confess your faults one to another. Yeah. I was coming from Mechanicsburg one time like that and I got caught in heavy traffic. It, it took me an hour. It had to be at least an hour to get from over there, deep in Mechanicsburg, by the Carlisle Pike, yeah. over here to Harrisburg. Uh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Man. I mean, it was. T that was back when they were doing the uh, traffic on the uh, Camp Hill Interchange. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yep, I know exactly what you mean. Oh, man. Because I've got caught in, I got caught in that, too, oh, already. And, uh, but you talking about complaining, Carmen. Yeah. I think I took complaining to another level. <laughs> but you know what? My complaint, at least you had Joan to complain to. Yeah. My complaint was just me in the car complaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost like your feet upon it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you know the, until God told me to shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I said a lot of times, I've said, you know, I've introduced Joan and, uh, you know, tongue in cheek. I said, uh, I said, that woman there is the Holy Spirit to me. I said, because, boy, the Lord speaks to me all the time through through her. I said, and I hate it when he does that, you know, because uh, he brings correction to me through her, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, but I need it. <laughs> Lynn's the same way. We, we had a meeting on a Sunday afternoon uh, with a company we got, and uh, we had a meeting, and, uh, and, uh, a person running the meetings asked Lynn's input, and I thought they just asked for input, so I was starting to give input, and Lynn said, I, I think she said my name. I think she said Lynn. I said, oh, oh, oh okay. I said, I said, oh, okay, all right. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I kind of backed off. Then when it became my turn, I said, I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking my toys and, and going, going home. home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and as a, aren't we like little spoiled kids a lot of times? You know, well, you don't want to hear me. Then I'm going home. I'm taking my toys and I'm going home there. Oh, boy. there! So there you got it. Which shows, I guess, how all of us really are, how fragile we really oh, are. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. We, 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 we're people, we, man. We constantly need to be in His presence that yeah. we can say, "Oh constantly, Lord, constantly. oh Lord, boy, did God's I mess help. up." We need God's help. Exactly. I was, we can't make it on our own. I was reading in Matthew 5, and uh, I like to call this kind of like almost the, um, the uh, not declaration of the kingdom, but kind of like, a, well, maybe declaration is okay. Think of a better word, but the Beatitudes, right? And Jesus started to teach them, seeing the multitudes. 
And Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Yes. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart or spirit, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, or God. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on, he says, you are the salt of the earth. He goes on to explain some. Yes. But, I mean, that's powerful. But it goes against the very grain yeah. of what we see in this world. Well, we talked on a previous program about the, the world and our whole understanding as being upside down. That's and right. God is bringing that to the place where he's turning it right side up. And, of course, there's opposition to that because the world system is not going to go down without a fight. That's and right. so it's resisting this change in order which God is bringing forth. He's changing the order so that it's going to be kingdom rather than the kingdom of darkness. It's going to be the kingdom of light, which is God's kingdom. And so he's, he's invading this. You know, I hear, I think of the statement that Jesus made about his church, and this is the way we're to function. He says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That's right. And it's not that the church is on the defensive. We're on the offensive, and we're invading. And he says, and the gates of hell, the gates of darkness, all of this that uh, is under the domain of the enemy of God and his kingdom, that's not going to prevail. There's not going to, they're not going to be able to resist and stand firm. It's going to be shattered. God's kingdom ultimately is going to fill the earth. And it doesn't matter whether this uh, evil or darkness clothes itself or cloaks itself in religious verbiage and, and garments. Right. doesn't really matter. I mean, it could look as religious as it wants to. Oh, yeah. Still, God looks at it and says, that's evil. That's right. That's right. In fact, God says this. <coughs> God says, uh, well, Jesus said it. He says, uh, judge not by appearance, mm -hmm. but judge righteous judgment. And mm -hmm. we have a tendency to judge by appearance. Mm -hmm. And we look at something and we say, oh, well, that's of God. And it may be as far away from God as imaginable. Well, but we look at the good appearance of it. And right. we're great at being, uh, uh, we're great at being hypocrites. Uh, over in, uh, in Matthew, Jesus gives the seven woes. He says, you hypocrites. Woe, you hypocrites. That's and right. uh, in other words, we're putting on a front. We're not really the way we're appearing to be. And uh, God doesn't go by appearances. God sees right to the heart. And uh, he, he gives his word that, that says, cuts to the dividing of soul and spirit, you know. That's right. Uh, and, and so God doesn't fool around. I mean, he does it out of love. That's right. But he says, I'm not, I'm not willing to allow this trash to infect you and to uh, keep you at a distance from me. He says, I want this stuff removed now. <laughs> so, but we look on it as being harsh. God says, no, uh, I'm doing it because I love you. That's right. And that's what discipline is all about. That's right. You know, uh, Carmen, uh, one example of, um, of, uh, uh, of a 
religious front, so to speak, to where a person that is not uh, initiated into the things of the kingdom might think that this is okay or that it might even be good. Uh-huh. Is all this ecclesiastical stuff. Yes. And uh, Now explain what you mean by ecclesiastical. Well, you know you're in trouble when you go into a building and everybody in there has on a collar. Uh, when I say yeah. a collar, I'm talking about a uh, like a, a preacher's mm. collar, a mm-hmm. priest collar. Yes. You know, and uh, everybody... A clergy in collar. A clergy collar and everybody in there kind of like has it. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, and uh, and uh, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> you know that that. Yep. You know I'm I'm going to confess this here. I remember when I was uh, I was serving as a, a clergy person on a on a board uh, at the, for mental health. Okay. Uh, committee and uh, I don't know if it was a board or committee. I forget which one it was. But anyway, I was a clergy person on there, representing the uh, the religious community. So uh-huh. And uh, so, I I I started wearing a collar just to distinguish myself this way. Okay. And I never forget I was in one meeting and one lady <coughs> referred to me as Father. Oh yes, Father Jim. And I said, and I was so convicted, man. I took that thing off, <laughs> and I don't think I, I never wore it again. You yeah. Know what I mean, it's like, wait a minute. She thought I was a priest. <laughs> Yep. Ah. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. I, some of the foolishness we get caught up in. I know. Of, you I know. know what I mean. And uh, and uh, to think that some kind of garments or something like that make us more holy, make us more holy, or give us more importance and weight and yeah. things of God, which they really don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I saw that kind of foolishness. Well, I could get in some real trouble here. It's, well, it's, it's fine, it's fine. You know, uh, and it's interesting, in the scripture, uh, you go back to Revelation, and it talks about uh, the uh, the righteous acts of the saints. That's right. As being clothing for us. That's uh, right. So the Lord says, uh, no, your clothing is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, your clothing is the righteous acts. So uh, if you dress in this ecclesiastical ecclesiastical garb and everything he says that's totally meaningless uh if uh, because what i'm looking to see is are you clothed in my righteousness are you clothed in righteous works and righteous acts if you're not i don't care what you're wearing <laughs> but this is actually one of it the, makes no difference this is actually one of the sins that the, that the, the lord brought out in revelations when he talked about the sin of the nicolaitans yes nicolaitans. yes you know what I mean? I mean, that was one of their sins. This whole hierarchical... Hierarchical uh, separ- uh, system. That's right, that's that right. We've, that we have fallen prey to. Totally fallen prey to, totally adopted. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's, not just, it's not just Catholics. I'm not just talking about the Catholics. Oh. It's, it's over in Protestant. Right. Uh, uh, too. And uh, we've bought right into it. Exactly. Listen, uh, listen. Every... Sad to say... Uh, Sad to say, almost every church has a hierarchical system because yeah, yeah. we have an organization set up. Now, I'm I'm not saying that there shouldn't be people that uh, are elders and so forth because the scripture speaks about sure, that. Sure. But uh, Peter talks about the elders among you, not That's the it. elders over you. 
among you. The elders among you. So the that elders were community. just amongst the people. It was community. It's community. So these these are elders, and the name elders simply implies they're older. That's they're right. more mature. They're more mature. And, and so uh, so there's nothing hierarchical about it, and uh, they're elders because people recognize them as more mature. That's right. Uh, and That's right. thus they're called elders. That's right. Uh, so th- there's no hierarchical system that uh, God intends to be set up. Well, okay, you reach this level, you're really something now. That's so right. all of you should try to reach that level. Well, that's what man does, and we've set up these systems, right. and and it smells to high heaven. <laughs> you mean it stinks? It stinks. <laughs> he, he, by now he stinketh. <laughs> by now he stinketh. Yeah, Lazarus stinketh. <laughs> right. But, but 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 you know, Carmen, we still are engaged in these things, like they're like it's alive and it's dead. Oh yeah, yeah, it's dead. It reminds it's me dead. of that dream that you had. You know, you were sharing a dream, and, yes. and uh, you saw in the dream. There was this big, huge tree. The size was not, uh, didn't impress, was not something to be impressed by because it was dead. It was dead, totally dead. Totally dead, you know yes. what I mean? And, uh, and, and so in this system out here, this church system, many people are impressed with size. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? So I noticed on that, uh, that the Preachers of L.A. show mm-hmm. that they showed the, the pastors and the churches that they pastored uh, most of them, I think, and they showed how many congr- how how many people they had members. Yes. members. I think the smallest one was probably about three thousand. Okay. You know, and the largest one was probably like about maybe forty five hundred. So like these, these, these I don't are, know Noel because they didn't show his yet. The, the, so these are huge mega churches. You yeah, know? they didn't show Noel because he wasn't on the show. Okay, so they and, and what we've done, Jim, we. Uh, is at least in America, it seems we are so impressed with size. Absolutely, and so the, I think that's why they showed the, showed the size. The yeah. bigger, yeah, the better. Yeah. Uh, and uh, here's what is interesting: Christian Swartz uh, is a uh, is a researcher. He he wrote uh, he wrote a book uh, back during cell church days. Wasn't yes, it? Yeah. and he wrote a book something like. Uh, uh, like it's organic not, not, church, yeah, organic. it's like organic church, but it, it's along that line. Yeah. I I forget the title of the book. Yeah, and anyways, he has the results of all his research in here, and uh, uh, he he's German, and uh, uh, he wrote this book, and he states something very significant. I believe mm-hmm. the larger the church, the more ineffective it becomes. Mm-hmm. And so we place an ineffective, emphasis. Ineffective, which way? In what way? Ineffective as far as reaching people with the gospel and people coming into the kingdom okay. and so forth like that. Okay. So the larger the church, the more ineffective it becomes. The smaller churches are the most effective churches. Okay. And, and, and they're bearing, uh, uh, they're, the percentage of the fruit that they bear is far better. Mm-hmm. than your larger churches. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yet we place the emphasis... On being big. On size. On size. That's right. And it just shows, we talked in a previous program about God uh, uh, changing the world or uh, the world is, um, we say, well, it's an upside down kingdom. And then you made the remark, no, it's not the kingdom that's upside down. It's the world that's upside down. The world's upside down. And so here we are. We think that bigger is better. And God says, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. isn't. The most effective churches, the most effective uh, communities are the small ones that's right uh the larger ones uh the the larger they become 
the less effective they become. And yet, that's what we want to do. We want to get big. Why? I think it's a matter of pride. Well, look, well, look at the look at the early church when the church when the church first got started. If you look at when the the, the church yes first got started. After Jesus ascended back to heaven mm-hmm. and the church first got started, the Holy Spirit was breathed out. I mean, the Holy Spirit was released. church got started. Well, if, if there was a distribution and a scattering, yes, and if that would not have taken... And who scattered them? God. It was God that scattered Because them. if that wouldn't have taken place, the church would not have developed into what God desired. Exactly. Our tendency is to get one place and stay there. That's exactly right. That's our tendency. And, and and with increased numbers, there's a sense of safety. Yes. So that's our tendency. And, you know, and we got to understand that. And it sounds like when you say that, we're looking to the wrong place for security. Absolutely. God is our security. We talk about, uh, in the scripture, talks about dwelling in the shadow of his wings. That's right. Uh, so forth. Uh, and yet, we look other places for our security. We do. Uh, and, we do. Uh, God says, you're missing it. I'm your security. That's right. Uh, and somehow we have missed that. When you said about the scattering. That's right. You know, uh, it seems, and we want to gather. That's we want right. to gather to ourselves all, all the time. And I've said this before, I think, on a previous program. But again, I'm reminded of what uh, of the parable that Jesus told over in Luke 12 about the rich man that had this real good harvest and his crops. He said, what shall I do? I don't have barns big enough to hold it all. That's right. And so rather than distributing it out there to, uh, to those that had need, he gathered it all to himself and says, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger barns. That's he says, right. then I can rest because I've had, I have all of this. I thought that's exactly how we think because churches, rather than uh, dispensing their people that are believers and that are maturing and everything, no, they said, well, we don't have enough room. Well, what are we going to do? I know. We'll build a bigger sanctuary. We'll build a bigger building. See? And so we build these bigger buildings because we're gathering more and more people to ourselves rather than saying, well, you know, maybe we should scatter out there instead of having this one big church. How about if we have 20 smaller ones that would just reach into the neighborhoods and everything? Oh, no, but we'll go on a multi-million dollar building program because we have to have a bigger, (laughs) we need to be bigger. Now, listen. What a waste of resources, man. It is. And so we're spending all this money uh, giving it to insurance companies, giving yeah. it to banks, sure. uh, you know, uh, spending it paying, on paying interest on, on utilities, paying interest, interest on, on mortgage, mortgage and everything, yeah. and uh, and we keep on telling the people, well, you need to give, you need to give, you need to give. We do need to give, but I think we're giving the wrong places a lot of times. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't want to invest in bricks and mortar. I want to invest in people. Well, that, that's a much better investment when you invest in people. And exactly. Uh, and uh, and uh, so th- I was praying because that's eternal. Bricks that's, and mortar are going to pass away. A couple of weeks back, I was praying in a small, small, you know, uh, uh, simple church meeting. Meeting, and uh, as I was praying, two words came to me, and so I prayed it in the prayer. <clears throat> and the two words were supply and distribution. Okay. Supply and distribution. And then later on, God was speaking to my heart about this right there. He showed me that he supplies all of our needs. Yes. And then we are to be generous. There's a generosity that is the flow uh, uh, in our lives. That's right. You know what I mean? God is constantly supplying 
but we are constantly to be giving. Yes. We, we can't allow ourselves to move into a place of fear and hoarding mm-hmm. and building bigger barns yes. or whatever. You know what I mean? Because we're putting our we're putting our um, safety, our security, right, in in the wrong area. In our possessions. That's right. In our in our possessions, and so we are to constantly be in. Distribu- and those possessions can be wiped out just like that. We constantly be distributing. Yes. So su- supply and distribution. This goes beyond even the idea of tithing, Carmen. Oh yeah. Because tithing is always something you do on something you get. You get. It's right? just a fraction of what you get. That that's right. It's a fraction of something you get. But if you get caught up in God's generosity, then what you do is that you allow God to distribute. Yes. Through you. You know what I mean? And in this is a constant, continuous supply. That's exactly right. You say, well, right. which came first? Supply, distribution, supply, distribution. Well, obviously, supply came first because you got to have something to get. Yeah. But guess what? As you distribute, there's a whole circle, there's a cycle that takes place where there's a continual supply mm-hmm. that takes place so there could be a continual distribution. And that's what I see in the early church. Yes. In the early church, I see this. All you I need see, to do is look at the book of Acts. That's right. You look at the book of Acts, and that's how the early church grew and it distributed exactly. and expanded. And, and, but here we are. We get it wrong. You know, when you say we get it wrong, one of the things that I think shows, shows how we get it wrong as much as anything else, Jesus says over in John 10, he says, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about, well, are you experiencing the abundant life, the abundant life? Well, if you look up the word abundance or abundant, it means it's more than what you need or more than what you can use. Oh, it's the overflow, yeah. And it's the overflow. So what does God intend us to do with that overflow more than what we need? <clears throat> to give it out, to, to distribute it, like you were saying, to others that are in need. This is what they did in the book of Acts. The early church did. And so they gave it out. They distributed it. But we don't think of that. No, we, abundance. Oh, God is good. He's blessing me. I have all of this. And I said, well, what are you doing with all of that? Because there's people there in probably your own fellowship, your own community that has needs. And here you're hoarding it all to yourself. And you say, well, God is good. He's blessed me with the abundant life. Well, then you are not using it properly because the abundant life that Jesus came to give is for us to distribute it and share it with others, see? And and uh, when, when we hoard it to ourselves, I think we're violating the principle of the kingdom as far as what you said, to distribute that which we receive. So we received abundance. What do we do with the abundance? Well, we have enough for ourselves. So here, all of this, I see this person has a need, that one has a need, here's my brother over here has a need, here's a sister has a need, and so my abundance is helping to meet their needs. If everybody would do that, guess what? We wouldn't have a problem with, with the government uh, and the welfare program and everything else that we talk about that the government has to provide. If we would be doing our part, wow, that... Uh, a lot of that would be taken care of. People would be, have their needs met. <laughs> the, the government wouldn't have to fill in the gap because the church would The government doing... wouldn't have to do what the church is supposed to be that's doing. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. I saw that firsthand, Carmen, when I worked for uh, for the government. And uh, as a matter of fact, churches would bring people down to where I work to have needs met. Mm. That really shows you that the church didn't do it. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, to get the housing or the, the food or something like that. Right. And, uh, and, and, and it was amazing. And, and, you know, Jim, I think, you know, some of our listeners may be uh, thinking, well, the, the church 
they do soup kitchens and all of that. Well, listen, this is just a pittance of what we could do because what we're, what we're talking about here is each person, each believer doing something like that. And we know for a fact that believers are not doing that. Uh, you know, when, when they talk about the giving rate, as far as uh, you're talking about tithing, they said, well, it goes well beyond tithing. But people don't even, uh, only about, uh, you, you quoted, I said 8%. You said, oh, that's way too high. Probably only about 4% of believers tithe, see. So, so say, well, we're a people that really don't give abundantly, you know, out of, yeah. out of the abundance of what God has given us. Now, if every believer did give abundantly, give out of their abundance, why, we would wipe out a lot of uh, the needs that people have because we would be, uh, as, especially needs within the body of believers. Well, you know, Christians started to get a hold of this uh, a while back. Let's say maybe hundred couple hundred years mm -hmm. back because that's when Christians began to establish uh, hospitals yep. educational places and things like mm -hmm. that they started to get a hold of this to see that we were to be the ones to 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 supply that's it you know what I mean that's right I'm, to, to, we were to distribute what God was giving to us and, yes and, and so, out of our supply out of our supply and so we caught a hold of that and so you saw Christians establishing a lot of things well needless to say the enemy got in there, mm -hmm. and then the whole thing got perverted. Yes, you, exactly. You follow what I'm saying? And so, but uh, but uh, this is God's desire for us to be. He went in uh, in the uh, Beatitudes. He went on to talk about us being salt. Yes, and being light. Yes, you know what I mean. And and not hiding in the world. Right. You know what I mean. But just being who we're called to be. And you know, when, when he uses that metaphor of being salt, mm -hmm. when you think of salt, salt is dispersed into, uh, into the food. That's right. Uh, and you don't even see the salt, but it has an impact on what it's dispersed into. Uh, you know, the salt does no good in the salt shaker. That's right. It's when it's shaken out of that and distributed, say, over the food. I said, oh, man. The, one, salt preserves, but it also uh, makes it tasty. It makes it desirable, uh, well, you see that, that kind of thing. You see that in uh, canned vegetables. Canned vegetables have a high salt content. Okay. And it's actually really a preservative. A aspect. preservative. You know, and, and uh, uh, because if you get fruit, I, I prefer frozen vegetables. I do too, I yes. I'd rather put my own salt on there so that yeah. I don't have all that extra salt. That you got to rinse off yeah. of, you know what I mean? But it's a preservative, so you see that, what you're talking about, mm -hmm. right, right, in the, right in the food. Exactly. And so I think that we have missed that truth when Jesus says, you are salt and you are light. Light is also dispersed. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And so we don't see... You don't take a candle and hide it underneath of a, of a, of a, of a bushel basket right. or... Put it underneath of a bed. Or exactly. Put it somewhere to where it can't light. Exactly. That's it's right. dispersed into the whole, uh, into the whole environment uh, right. that you're at, and and somehow we've missed that truth that uh, uh, Jesus used these metaphor metaphors to uh, to teach with, saying that now you're salt and you're light. That's right. And so we are to be dispersed out into uh, the world 
whereby we are going to um, make an impact and uh, bring forth change uh, from the way it is, from darkness to light, uh, from blandness to tastiness or whatever you want to say, from from rotting to preservation. <laughs> well, you know what, Carmen, there's a problem with all that, and uh, maybe in the next program we might talk about it, but there's a problem with all that in terms of what we are to be Yes. and what is currently taking place because there's a major problem related to a quality aspect. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Because what will we distribute? What will we distribute? What will we be? Yeah. With the current state of the way things are. And yeah. So, so it's all about being. Yeah. It's all about being. So, on the next program, maybe we'll get a chance to talk about that a little bit, because uh, we are not in the state that God desires for us to be. Our being is not such that where God would have us to mm -hmm. be. We are to reflect His glory. Yes. Our character is to be that of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But we're far from there, man. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, in <laughs> to, fact, to, to say the least. <laughs> we, we, you, you put it this way. We have a dumbed-down uh, gospel uh, yeah. presentation. Sad to say. Yeah. It's, yes. It's been so dumbed down that, that a person... That it really isn't gospel the, the, the way God... Uh, intends it to be. Well, a person, it's not the message Jesus preached. Person could be a person gets saved by just uh, mimicking the parrot. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. You tell them what to say, they say it, and then supposedly they're saved. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> I I know. I'm laughing because that's how ridiculous it is. That's how ridiculous. You know, it, is. it does not line up with scripture at all. No. And and yet we're sticklers for the word, but we'll go ahead and, and violate the word with some stupid little prayer. Uh, and, well, well, don't get me going on this. Well, guess what? You can stop right now. Because, because we're out of time. We're all out of time. That's so, God's grace. So, 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 <laughs> so until next time. Okay. <laughs>